Well, you're at the game and it's Friday night and you want to make sure that the calls are right. This is high school football rules. There's a hole in a fumble and an illegal pass. Now, what do you do? Cause you're the raffle. This is high school football rules. Well, sit on down and kick right back. You're going to listen to Luke and Matt. They're talking high school football rules. They're talking high school football rules. Welcome to High School Football Rules, the podcast where we're talking about nothing. And I mean nothing but the rules as determined by the NFHS for high school football. We're not talking college. We're not talking NFL unless we absolutely need to. But we're not going to get into that stuff. So... I'm Matt with my brother Luke. Again, we are high school officials. Luke is also a college official. Luke is a white hat. I just am a lonely back judge. But let's get into a rule eight, Luke. How does that sound? Sounds good, Matt. Okay. Rule eight, scoring plays and touchbacks. Eight one, point values. There's a table for point values. It also states here that the game is won by the team which accumulates the most points. That makes sense. I think you learned that when you're two. Um, points are scored as followed. For a touchdown, six points. A field goal, three points. A safety, points awarded to the opponent, two points. Successful try, A, a touchdown, two points. A field goal or safety, one point. Forfeited game. Game score is offended team one, opponent zero. But if offended team is ahead, the score stands. Now, you've got a little bit of a history one here, don't you, on the forfeited game? Yeah, and this is really, so if the game never really happens in the first place, this is like the one trivia question. Is it possible to have a game end 1-0? Well, this rule says, yeah, it is. You you could do it if the game never happened, one team forfeited before it started. Uh, In my situation, I had a game forfeited uh, kind of in the later part of the second quarter. Um, So at that point, actually, the team that, you know, Quit was the team down by 35 points, so we just left the game counted as a 35 to zero win. Gotcha. But how did that work? Did did the team that was losing? Did they just say we're not playing anymore? Did they throw in a white towel, or what? What was the scenario that got them to forfeit? Yeah, they. Uh, I mean, there was some political things before the game. They, one team had kind of combined uh, and is playing with a couple other schools together, but they hadn't been reclassified yet. And the team that lost thought okay. that it was kind of unfair that they were playing in the same section still. So uh, they, there was that, and the you know athletic directors were into it before the game. What, what ended up happening though is the one team was kicking their pants. Uh, we had a couple injuries on the team that was losing, and they just kind of felt overwhelmed or overmatched, however you want to put that. So uh, yeah. at a certain point, it was thirty-five nothing in the second quarter. Uh, they said, uh, we're, you know. We're, we don't think our kids are safe anymore. We're not coming out. And since they didn't want to come out and play the next play, uh, it's essentially a forfeit. And you got paid your full game check? I did. And I was the talk of the town the next day. Uh, that's probably one thing that's a little looking behind. You know, uh, anytime that you, you work the college stuff, Saturday mornings, we all talk about what happened Friday night. You know, we get to re- get together yep. for breakfast and kind of relive what happened. And, uh, of course, anytime there's a game that, you know, something goofy happens and, that's the, well, gosh, who was working it? What happened? And it's, well, that was me. I got to yeah. tell everybody exactly what happened. Yeah, well, good. All right. 8-2, touchdown. Article 1 states that possession of a live ball in the opponent's end zone is always a touchdown. 
There's some subsections here. A, it is a touchdown when a runner advances from the field of play so that the ball penetrates the vertical plane of the opponent's goal line. Yeah, uh, the only thing to know here is that it doesn't have to, like, hit the goal line. Uh, imagine if it, the, the goal line itself was a plane of glass, glass. The second the tip of the ball touches that piece of glass, you, you've scored the touchdown, the play is done, you get, you're get you in at that point. Yeah, and you can, you can have a... I mean, again, we're getting a little bit into the minutiae here, but you can have a person's body be in the end zone, but the ball is not yet. It's not a touchdown. It yeah. is the ball. If you got The ball, the ball, the ball. If you got Michael Jackson who's moonwalking backwards into the end zone and is sticking the ball out in front of him still, it's in the field of play, that the, one of the, the noses of the ball has to make its way into that plane of glass we're talking about. Okay. B, it is a touchdown when a loose ball is caught or recovered by a player while the ball is on or behind his opponent's goal line. Yeah, this is just saying that uh, now the defense is, uh, so, you know, let's just say A's on their own uh, one-yard line. A fumble occurs, the ball's loose either right by the goal line or in the end zone. If B recovers it while in that area, it's a touchdown. Gotcha. C, it is a touchdown when a backward pass or fumble is declared dead in the end zone of the opponent of the player who threw the backward pass or fumble while no player is in possession other than because of an inadvertent whistle. Yeah, this is one where you probably won't see this happen too often, but this is the, there's something about if a ball that, you know, was live becomes a rest and no one tries to, to pick it up at all, um, it belongs to the team who last was in possession of it. Where it happens most often, and it's, it's been, you know, publicized pretty well, that guy who's about to run in the end zone, and right before he gets in, he drops it kind of like behind him. Well, let's say it hits the ground in the field of play, and then it rolls forward into the end zone. If no B player then goes and tries to pick it up, uh, officially it was fumbled by A, it ended up in B's end zone, and no one tried to pick it up from A or B. This rule here, right here says that that's still a touchdown because we have nothing else we can do with it. We can't make that a safety because A was the team in possession. So this mm-hmm. is that player drops it, it ends up in the end zone anyway, and no one tries to pick it up. Yeah, back to B, I was thinking, well, geez, is anything here talk about it like a pass into the end zone? And I guess when it says in B, it is a touchdown when a loose ball is caught or recovered. So I mean, a loose a, a pass is considered a loose ball. Correct. I'm guessing, yep. you know, and they're just there's a, other things that are considered loose balls, but they're they're considering the pass being a loose ball that is then caught in, in the end zone. So that's, that's correct. A, yep. a catch in the end zone. Okay, Article Two: If an opponent of the scoring team commits a foul other than unsportsmanlike conduct or a non-player foul during a down in which a touchdown is scored and there was not a change in possession during the down, A may accept the result of the play and choose enforcement of the penalty A on the try or B on the subsequent kickoff. Yeah, so the the big difference, I guess this is one that's fairly unique to high school rules. We can have something like a defensive holding that occurs during a play in which A scores a touchdown. So uh, you know, a pass receivers or a player from A receivers going out, he gets held by a D back. The quarterback scrambles and scores a touchdown anyway. In high school football, we still have the option to carry that over to the try or subsequent quick kickoff. The other couple codes, they would say decline by rule kind of thing. So high school mm-hmm. rules, five yarders and ten yarders can move over to the next play. Uh, the other ones, you have to be fifteen. Yeah, and I think this is fairly new. I mean, within the last ten years, they kind of made this. As long as I can remember back, but it does. It's just goofy because, I mean, pass interference that carries over. It doesn't the other one. So the, yeah, and I think the intent of the rule is basically to to not have 
uh, a number of penalties that go un, unenforced. Uh, no, yeah. unenforced, if you will, right? I mean, like, it's kind of like a, well, you know, how many times can this team hold or how many times can there be, you know, this foul and then it just doesn't, nothing results from it. It's just, it's making sure that penalties are enforced no matter what. Yep. And it just seems weird because everything on TV doesn't do it this way, but high school, everything yeah. carries over. Article three, if an opponent of the scoring team commits a foul, other than unsportsmanlike conduct or a non-player foul, during a down in which a touchdown is scored and there was a change of possession during the down, and such foul occurs after the change of possession, the scoring team may accept the result of the play and choose enforcement of the penalty, A, on the try, or B, on the subsequent kickoff. Yeah, so this is just saying kind of the same thing as that first section, but if it occurs after a change of possession, so we have an interception, and then while B is running it back, team A commits a foul, they are held to the same regard where it's going to be B is going to score a touchdown, and then whatever that foul was by team A during you know after the interception uh, is still going to be on the try or subsequent kickoff. So B got it with clean hands. They get to still enforce it on the next play after they score. Okay. Article 4. If either team commits an unsportsmanlike conduct or a non-player foul during a down in which a touchdown is scored, the opponent may accept the penalty and choose enforcement of the penalty, A, on the try, or B, on the subsequent kickoff. Yeah, so non-player fouls, all of them are enforced on kind of the, the the next spot or the next play, even if they happen during the live ball period. We got into that a little bit uh, with, you know, a guy, a coach on the sidelines yelling at you. Well, yep. he yells at you during the play, but we enforce it kind of after. Uh, this is saying mm-hmm. the same thing. So unsportsmanlikes and non-players are the ones that we for sure put on the next play. Yeah, just because an opponent scored doesn't give that coach the right to just go bonkers and, and all that without without any penalty. Correct. So. Yeah. You know, they got to have some sort of penalty there. Article 5. If after a down in which a touchdown is scored and prior to the initial ready-for-play signal for the try, either team commits any foul for which the basic spot is the succeeding spot, the offended team may accept the penalty and choose enforcement of the penalty, A, on the try, or B, on the subsequent kickoff. Yeah, so this is just dealing with that period of time after a touchdown's occurred, but before we've put the ball down and blown it back in, you know, you can have players shoving. You could have someone, you know, get a UNS for saying something they shouldn't. Uh, that's Wait, just hold, on. Hold, on. hold on, hold on. <laughs> UNS, what the heck is a UNS? That would be what you just covered with unsportsmanlike conduct, UNS. Okay. Is it so much, is it so tough to just say unsportsmanlike conduct? <laughs> I, you just, it's like a second language. I don't even think about it when I start saying it. Yeah, you and your, yeah, you and your college guys, you guys got it all down. Um Okay, so let's just say the defense jumps. You know, we're on a try here, right? And the nose guard jumps. Um, so it's encroachment. Um, they can ex- they're on the three-yard line. They can either move that up to the one-and-a-half, or they can accept that penalty and say we're going to move it back five yards on the try or on the kickoff. Is that what it's saying? Uh, well, no. So it's prior to the initial ready for play. So the word initial oh, gotcha. Here, so so gotcha. that one we would have to put it on the, the tried series or down, whatever you want to call yeah. that. Uh, if it's between the touchdown and when it's first blown in is where they get the choice. Once we yeah. start the try period, uh, the, the, uh, the encroachment that you're talking about there, that has to be on the try. Yeah, I knew that, Luke. I was just trying to test you a little <laughs> bit there. So, <laughs> All right, 8-3. The try. 
Article 1. After a touchdown, the scoring team shall attempt a try during which the ball is snapped from a spot designated by A anywhere between the hash marks on B's three-yard line, unless moved by penalty. This involves a scrimmage down which is neither numbered nor timed. Exception. If a touchdown is scored during the last down of the fourth period, the try shall not be attempted unless the points would affect the outcome of the game or playoff qualifying. So again, that's just saying, well, we'll the exception is basically saying if the game's in hand, you know, the, again, I think the NFL finally got rid of this. You know, we had this in Minnesota where uh, the miracle, the Minneapolis miracle, right, where they score the touchdown, but rule states you have to have to uh, have a try, right? Yeah, and so the Saints couldn't get they couldn't they could only get six players out there or whatever. And this is what basically made everybody kind of say like this is ridiculous, right? And so in high school, it's basically saying if the game's in hand, don't line up. Don't go for the try. Just let's let's uh, move on with life and call the game. Well, the, the big thing is, so since Team B cannot score on tries, too, it's a yeah. little bit more strict for high school. There's yeah, a couple reasons sense. why uh, in the other codes, you know, a one- or two-point game, even if the team that's just scored is ahead, that officially has a chance for the other team to play. Now, those codes have started to address this, too, now. But um, anyway, in, in high school specifically, if – if all that's going to happen is someone's going to get hurt or be a, a dingbat on that last play, yeah. why are we doing it anyway? Points yep. don't matter. Let's just uh, end the game at that point. Gotcha. We put it on the three. The team who's going to be going in has the option to put it anywhere on the three between the hash marks, I guess is the only thing to say about this. Yeah. Part. And let's just let's just call this out because this happens more times than people care to to talk about. You've got a high school football field. It's lined with both uh, football and soccer. Okay, it's lined. The three-yard line is most of the time good fields have that marked. But on the two-yard line, that just happens to be where a soccer line is. And a lot of times officials will put that that try on the two-yard line. So just, you know, usually it's yellow, it's not white, something like that. But just be aware that, you know, it's the three. Well, this, this is another one when people watch Sundays too much. They go from the two or the 15, depending upon what they're doing. But mm-hmm. the three-yard line is where tries start from high school. Yeah. Article 2. The try begins when the ball is ready for play. So that means the white hat blows it in, Correct. right? Yep. I mean, that's when the white hat signals ready for play. It ends when A, B secures possession. Okay, so they secure possession. That doesn't mean that they're running down the sideline because when they secure possession, it's over. Yeah. Blow the whistle. B's got the ball. Blow the whistle. B, it is apparent a drop kick or place kick will not score. C, the, the try is successful, or D, the ball becomes dead for any other reason. Yeah, and uh, the any other reason thing, ball goes out of bounds, you know, uh, incomplete pass, all those different reasons that the ball becomes dead. The biggest thing that is unique to tries here is, art, is uh, Article 2, Section B. So it's apparent a drop kick or place kick will not score. This is what I was talking about, I think, when we were talking about uh, kick play specifically on tries. The second that the kick is blocked... You know, even though it's remained behind the line of scrimmage, we don't let A advance anymore. This is yeah. how, why the play stops. It's because the kick or drop kick that's trying to score one point, once we know that that's failed, the try ends. And that, this is kind of the, the one little spot where we find that. Okay, so the parent, the drop, yeah, that's a great point. Because on, on scrimmage kicks, right, I don't know if we get into it, but field on goals, scrimmage yeah. kicks, yeah. you know, field goals, um, Again, if that ball does not cross the neutral zone, stays back, 
kicking team can pick it up and run, as we've discussed, but not on tries. Correct. Because of that rule right there. Article three, during a try, A may score two points from what would be a touchdown or one point for a field goal or safety by B under rules governing play at other times during the game. Only A may score during a try. All right. Again, this is just goofy, and I don't know how this comes up. And I did ask you to get your homework out there for, but, but it says here, uh, one point for a field goal or safety by B under rules governing play at the other times during the game. Yeah, and so I guess we'll cover safety in depth in section five. So imagine okay. though we're going for two points, and all the things we're going to talk about five apply on the try as well. It's just a safety during a try is only one point. So I think yeah, yeah. maybe it'll be best to kind of come back to it, but safeties yeah. on tries are one versus instead of two points like normal. Yeah, but I, I think the the biggest thing that is just weird, and I've never seen it happen, I know, but on a try, there can be a one-point safety. Correct. All right, Luke, how can we possibly get a one-point safety? You gotta, you're going to have to break it down for me because I just don't understand it. Sure. So we just went through all the things that cause safety. Those same things that, uh, apply here. Now what we're talking about is a, a try down. And again, we talked about there's a very specific uh, set of events that have to occur for this to happen. We know by reading the try rules that the second B possesses it, it's, it's done, the play's over. So B can't first possess it in the field of play. If they, if, um, What has to happen is essentially A, the team who starts the try on offense, they would have to um, possess the ball, run around on the side maybe, They'd have to have a fumble. Let's just say the fumble is, is heading towards the sideline. And as another A player is trying to pick up the fumble, to prevent him from doing that, a player from B bats it backwards towards their their end zone, right? So two yards behind him. Now, mm-hmm. they never possessed it, so the play's still alive. A can still score. It's a try. But that bat created a new force. That the bat is what we're saying is responsible for the ball going into the end zone. The bat by B. So by the, B, yes. The defense bats it back towards their end zone. Right. It ends up in the end zone. Yep. And then a player from B possesses it there. Uh, they don't have to fall on it the second that B actually possesses it, the play is done. So if B possesses it after that bat where they, they pushed it into their own end zone, that is now a safety. But because it's a try down, it's a one point safety, which is what that that scoring table says. Now, conversely, if B doesn't get it, if A jumps on that ball in the end zone, it's going to be a t- two point touchdown, right? So yeah. we have these modified try rules, but it's so unique that B doesn't possess it, but is responsible for the ball being in the end zone. Article four: If during a successful try, a loss of down foul by A occurs, there is no score and no replay. Yeah, so if they have, you know, they're going for two, they have an intentional grounding fall, we don't let them replay the try after enforcement. Since there's lots of down, it's just done, and we don't give them any points. Gotcha. Article 5, if during a successful try a foul by B occurs, A is given the choice of A, accepting the penalty and replaying the down following enforcement, or B, accepting the result of the play and enforcement of the penalty from the succeeding spot. Yeah, so uh, again, you don't get to get away with that holding, even if they uh, they they had a you know a field goal on a try. Uh, let's just say the the defender pulled one of the interior linemen to try to let his guy come through to block it. Um, we don't just say, well, they made the kick anyway, so that's going away. They actually can still enforce that on the next play. And if they prefer, 
they can go now from the three and a half to the one, or excuse me, the three to the one and a half, and try to get two points or something like that. So, yep. fouls by B during the try can either be replayed and, and try again, or put it on the next kickoff. Yeah, and just as a reminder for newer officials or even older officials, on tries, a guy's trying to come off the end, and he encroaches so he gets off the ball early as soon as he the defender gets into that neutral zone you kill the play you don't let that play go and so that's you know i think it's it's really easy because i was there to get bungled up with all these rules and you just say oh you know well we'll let that go because he can enforce it on the kicker things like that you know you have to remember that there are plays that you kill it you kill the you know you throw the flag and you start blowing your whistle and kill the play yeah and that's one of them we talked about encroachment i think in rule seven and it's a dead ball fall. So the second that that, if you can't get that guy back, you know, when the snap is imminent, it's kind of what we were talking about in that previous yep. rule. If he's in there, there's no play. They don't get, yep. you know, to keep the points. The second that you have him, the second you blow your whistle or throw your flag, the play's dead. It's like it never happened. During an unsuccessful try, A, a foul by A or K, meaning the offense occurs, the penalty is obviously declined. The result of the play stands and there is no replay. B, a foul by B or R, so the defense occurs, and the penalty is accepted, the down is replayed after enforcement. Mm -hmm. Fairly simple. Article 7, if a double foul occurs, the down shall be replayed. Yeah, again, double foul being a foul by both A and B or K and R, depending upon what uh, type of play we have. Uh, But that just means both teams fouled. We're going to offset them and replay the down. Yeah. Again, you can have holding by uh, A, you can have which is uh, is that a five yard or ten yard penalty? It's a ten yard penalty. Ten, ten yard penalty. You can have a ten yard penalty. Again, this is one of those things that bungled me up, so I'm just talking through it so that other people hear it. But you've got a pass interference by B or the defense, you know, um, and that's a fifteen yard penalty. That's a double foul because they both occurred during the live ball. You replay the down. It's not like a 10 and a 5 and you cut the difference and go from there. That's a double foul. Am I yep. saying that correctly? That's correct, yes. The the yardages don't have to equal up for any reason. There's no, uh, again, Sunday stuff has some weird rules with 5 and 15s not offsetting. But our stuff, both teams foul. And as long as those fouls both occurred before a change of team possession, uh, and again, we're on tries, so we don't even really care about that. But, uh, yep. but both teams foul during the down. There's not like someone gets to pick and choose. You just offset them and replay on normal scrimmage plays. Okay. Article 8. When a try is replayed, the snap may be from any point between the hash marks on the yard line through the spot of the ball. Yep. So after we go through the first try, something occurs that allows us to replay it. So a foul of some kind or whatever happens. It just means that they still can move it left and right anywhere on the, the hash mark or anywhere between the hash marks on the line where we're next going to put the ball in play. It'll be the one and a half, the three, whatever that ends up being. Yeah, you may uh, be trying to field goals here at the three, and all of a sudden there's a penalty that makes it up to the one and a half, and you're like, oh, well, now we'll go for two. You know, and you've got your trick play that, hey, we're going to go to the right hash. So, you know, it's not like you have to keep it in the center. You get the opportunity to move that ball. Correct. Article nine, after a try, the opponent of the scoring team shall designate which team will kick off. Really? What? <laughs> this is a rule? This is. Uh, I, again, I've never seen it where they don't choose for um, you know, their opponent to kick to them so they get the ball. But if for some reason you know they, they just got scored on and they want to kick it back to them, it's their right. Um, there's got to be some reason for that rule, like uh, way back in the day, and um, I'm sure it's still in here for something, but 
Again, let's put that in the obvious category, right? Yeah, that's not one to ever go ask a coach. <laughs> Just he, his team wants the ball after he got scored on. I, I don't know. I can see that being on the test, though. Some weird, you know, the the test. I, it's a reading test more than a knowledge test, and I can see that being on there uh, somewhere. But yeah. I don't know. Weird. Eight four field goal. Article one: A field goal is scored as follows. A the field goal attempt shall be a place kick or a drop kick from scrimmage or from a free kick following fair catch or an awarded fair catch. Yeah, so during kicks we covered, uh, I guess, that there could be a field goal scoring play after a fair catch or awarded fair catch. So I guess we're kind of getting to the point now where this is saying, you, okay, you can attempt a field goal on this side of it. You can score off of that. Um, it just also says that... Um, uh, scrimmage kick plays you can't do a free kick to score a field goal it has to be a drop kick or a place kick so it's just defining based off of the type of kick down we're in whether you can use a free yeah. kick or a scrimmage kick and maybe to get a little bit deeper you know the the place kick and drop kick are basically the function of that is that it's kicked off the ground now i, I don't know if we get into it but you can use a t you know and so it's both of those the place kick and the drop kick are essentially the balls being snapped it's going to the ground and then being kicked and that's why that's the definition and and one one yeah when in rule two we talk about specifically like how to define these different kicks uh one thing to note on drop kicks you can't like drop a ball like a watermelon have it bounce up two or three feet and then kick it while it's in the air it has to be kind of simultaneous with the ball striking the ground so uh one unique thing there we've seen some onside kicks and stuff where people try to do a a bounce kick kind of thing, but drop kick is defined like the ball's touching the ground as you kick it from a drop. B, the kicked ball shall not touch any player of K beyond the expanded neutral zone or the ground before passing through the goal. Yeah, so we talked about this again kind of more in the kicks uh, section. Um, officially, while the ball is in flight, it's in the end zone. Uh, if it hits an R player or a referee or something, it can hit them and still score a field goal. If it's any player from K, you know, you have a guy that, you know, on a short kick, he runs five or six yards downfield and tries to set it like a, a volleyball player. Uh, if he's on the, if he's part of the same team that kicked the ball, they can't score that way. Now, if for some reason his opponent does the same thing, I mean, God love him, but uh, it's actually legal for R to touch it in there. If K touches it, kick's done. Okay. C. The kicked ball shall pass between the vertical uprights or the inside of the uprights extended and above the crossbar of the opponent's goal. Yeah, this one's got, uh, I guess, a lot of implications that people don't think about. So a lot of high school fields, um, their uprights don't go nearly as high as some of the ones you see at college or professional. So what Mm -hmm. this is saying is if you have a good enough kicker that kicks the ball above a, uh, a goal post, as the official standing underneath that goalpost looking up, if it's above, I actually need to see space between that mm-hmm. upright and the ball. If it goes directly over, that's not a good field goal in high school football. It must be inside. Must see a gap, yep. Um, you know, and this, uh, the the college and pro fields all have the, Field goals where it's the one bar that's, you know, five or six yards behind or, you know, five or six feet maybe behind the back of the end zone and then comes up and then it's got the the crossbar and then the uprights go up. A lot of high school fields have 
it's like the they're using soccer goals, right? Where you've got two goals, the the cross the uh, uprights come all the way down to the field, and so it can be tough, you know, especially on these long ones. And I have struggled for years. I don't know if struggle is not the right words, but I've gotten every angle I could possibly get just to get the ball right. You know, if I could see that a ball's coming my way, I might move a little bit. Um, just to get a good angle. But, you know, I don't think you have to be beholden that you're standing right underneath that. All you got to do is get the field goal correct, right? So if you see the ball is going to be maybe going to be short, they're kicking a 50-yard field goal, might not cross the goal. It's it's definitely dead on straight, but it might not get over the crossbar. Well, get in position to kind of see where it is. Don't just stand there and and keep your feet planted, but yeah. it's a it's a weird thing. But feel free to you know stand behind the goal those goalposts if you need to just to see. And yeah. so I, I ideally, know. you want to be about a yard behind them, looking up, kind of. Yep. You maybe the goalpost is kind of splitting your body as far as where your left and right legs stand. Um, but yeah, the you get some weird challenges at, at different fields. Uh, there are times where those the the posts that come down are on the end line. You know, usually you get it yep. where it is three or four yards behind, so you can stand right where you want to. But other times you're standing with a big pad there, looking around it, seeing when the snap yeah. occurred, and and you and you look goofy. And I, you know, I remember standing there and I'm looking, and hopefully you can hear that. You know, all of a sudden you're like looking backwards over your head. You know, you're not looking straight up. You know, you got to look backwards a little bit, and that's not a good position. That you you look, you don't look like a, like you know what you're talking about when you're there. So, right. I don't know, again, it's really weird. Something to pregame just to make yourself look a little good too is work with. Um, you know, in our crew, and I think it's the high school umpire. That's what the uh, you know the umpire and the back judge are the ones that are are there. Um, you know, we've we do practice before a game. We just and we've got it down now because we've been doing it for a couple of years together. But you know, look good. But just how you're going to figure it out? You know, it's either yes, yes, no, no, or whatever you want to do. And then it's somebody's got the whistle, and you both go out at the same time. But it just it helps your crew look like they uh, they know what they're talking about. Yeah, and I can tell you from experience. As simple as it seems to have two people look up and and see that a ball has gone in, if you ever mess this up, and I had, you know, me and my partner actually had a time where uh, he was on the post, the ball went wide of his post, and he came out saying good. It was wide by 10 feet, so it was a no-doubter. We were having conversations about who's eligible and stuff, and we thought maybe we had two players. We got distracted, and all of a sudden a kick comes, and because we were looking for this, is there a legal number out there, he kind of was going through the motions, and a missed field goal, he said was good. I mean, two seconds after he put his arms up, he goes, oh, crap, I know exactly what I just did wrong. But yeah. that is one way to ruin credibility. It seems simple, but, God, we're looking at that. We're counting to 11. We're making sure a guy's not over the long snapper. There's yep. 15 things happening, and it just requires a little bit of focus. Every time you do it, focus on that ball going through, saying yes, yes, no, no, don't screw that field goal And up. this is the one thing, I, you know, again – Try not to talk about the other leagues, but the NFL guys, if you watch them, they are so cool, calm, and collected. You don't need to come out right away, blow your whistle, and be, you know, extremely demonstrative. You know, like, again, act like you've been there. Come out. Wait a couple seconds. It's okay. You know, like, two seconds is not going to cause any strife if you just, again, keep cool, calm, and collected and come out. So. Yeah, and, and one thing I'll say, so uh, five-man crew and we have two guys back that are dealing with the, the ball going up there as a, as a referee or a white hat on the crew. Um, I see a lot of guys that once the ball goes through, they turn to the press box and put their arms up and stuff. There's really no need for that. It doesn't say to do that anywhere. And the fact that two of your guys are busy doing something else, I mean, everyone's watching them and they see good or no good anyway. The referee should be focusing on all that, that big pileup of people there. 
you know, linemen mm-hmm. are kicking or tripping or all kinds of stuff in there. So as a referee, the worst thing to do is after the kick's gone, turn your back and, and look at the crowd that's going on. there. That's just my little nugget of advice, I guess. Yeah, the last thing I'll talk just, again, we haven't talked too much about philosophy and how you do some of this stuff, but if you've got a 50-yard field goal, sometimes you've got some umpires who it's not the best idea for them to run 50 yards to try to get from one side to the other, like if it's a surprise kick all of a sudden or something. I mean, the back judge, again, am I going to get somebody going to call in and yell at me for this? You know, the back judge can cover a kick for the most part. And so, you know, don't freak out. Maybe have the white hat say, wait, 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 you know, we need to get back in position. But, you know, again, and then as the white hat, you can also help because you can see if that thing goes through a little bit better, too. But, um, you know, we have had times where it's like, no, just I'll cover it. You know, just stay there and you can figure it out because you've got enough time to see where that kick is going to get in at least decent position. Yeah. And you can look across the other posts and see is the ball crossing inside of it or is it going on the far outside of it? Hey, which one, which, what rule is that, Luke? I don't even know what article. It was 8-4. Yeah. We went through, uh, well, I think it was A, B, and C. Did we get through C? In, yeah, inside the vertical uprights. We got through C. Okay. Article 2. After a field goal, the opponent of the scoring team shall designate which team will kick off. Yeah. What? Again, <laughs> get rid of this. That's a horrible rule. Uh, article three, if during a successful field goal, a foul by R occurs, so the defense, K is given the choice of A, accepting the penalty and replaying the down following enforcement, or B, accepting the result of the play and enforcement of the penalty from the succeeding spot. Yeah, this comes in, you know, more so than what we talked about with the tries, because if you make a field goal, which would be what we're talking about in, uh, B, you have the option to like keep the points and put it on the kickoff if you want, or if that penalty enforcement maybe gives you a new first down, well maybe you say I don't want yeah, the points. That's when it that's when it comes into play. Yeah, yeah that's when it, you know it's just basically saying that I, I guess in theory if a, a point scored, you know then you're taking them off the board. But how you're doing that and this rule is just kind of connecting the dots there and saying you can replay the down if it gets a first down. Yeah, and and maybe if it's during you know the middle of the quarter, that's an easy thing to do, but. Let's just say it is a play where clock the clock's running out. Well, can you, after enforcement, you know, your one play that's an untimed down, can you score with it? Maybe, you know, maybe it makes sense to go for that. Maybe it puts you on the you know two yard line. But if not, this at least allows you to carry it over to the second half or next period kind of thing. Yeah, uh, we're up to eight five force safety and touchback. Um, You brought up a very good point. I think we should go to the definition of force before getting into all this. Does that sound like a plan? Yeah, because, again, we'll talk about a lot of terms here, muff and uh, fumble, which I think most people understand those concepts. But force is something unique to high school rules that just going through the definition before we talk about all these things that are going to involve force is a good idea. Okay, force, 213, Article 1. Force is the result of energy exerted by a player which provides movement of the ball. The term force is used only in connection with the goal line and in only one direction, i.e. from the field of play into the end zone. Initial force results from a carry, fumble, kick, pass, or snap. After a fumble, kick, or backwards pass has been grounded, a new force may result from a bat, an illegal kick, or a muff. Correct. So 
what started the ball in a direction is the initial force. And again, we're talking only about it going from the field of play towards one of the two end zones. Um, and again, this is going to be a play kind of closer to one of those end zones. Whether you're coming out, it's kind of like A is on there. You know, we call it, talked about the minus two yard line. Or if you're going in, which would be A at the plus two yard line, we're talking about ball moving towards that goal line because of a fumble pass or, or whatever. And then once it's going, once we have an initial force, the only thing that can change the force or give a new force is a bat, kick, or muff. An illegal kick. An illegal Sorry. kick. Yeah, yep. and a, 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 when the ball is loose, a kick is an illegal kick. There's no legal kick at all, so I just say kick. But Yeah, uh, and if it bounces off a foot, uh, inadvert- I mean, you know, there's no kicking motion. I mean, that's just a... This is why this this is why rule two is so important. So yeah, it's uh it's you know somebody touches the ball, but a kick is an intentional act. I guess is the way that we would define it. Okay, Article two: Responsibility for forcing the ball from the field of play across a goal line is attributed to the player who carries, snaps, passes, fumbles, or kicks the ball, unless a new force is applied to either a kick, fumble, or backwards pass that has been grounded. I guess I think that one speaks for itself. Article 3. The muffing or batting of a pass, kick, or fumble in flight is not considered a new force. Yeah, so a pass toward, you know, into the end zone, anybody who tries to, like, block it or tap it, uh, you know, try to block it or uh, D-back hit, tries to hit it away from a receiver. Since it's a, a forward pass, we don't consider that to be a new force. His His touching of the ball or the pass that's in flight doesn't give it the force that put it in the end zone. Okay, I'm gonna read it again though. The muffing or batting of a pass or a kick. So again, you got a you try a try or a, a field goal. You know, a blocked kick. Yep. That's not a for a new force. Or fumble in flight is not considered a new force. So what does that fumble piece mean? Uh, so if see. a running back's running, he's running from his plus five. He's got five yards to go to score a touchdown. He fumbles the ball. Well, here so the so. Muff- the muffing or batting of a pass, kick, or fumble. Make sure we kind of read all three of them together. So yep. muffing or batting of a fumble in flight. So the ball is bounced off the ground. It's in the air. You try to catch it. You know, you see a muff trying to catch it is not considered a new force. You would have to, like, change the direction of the fumble to consider well, that okay, a new here, force. Well, okay, here, let me, let, me, let me see if I can clarify. I think, uh, you know, Article 2 states that unless a new force is applied to either a kick, fumble, or backwards pass, that has been grounded. So I think a fumble in flight means that a guy, a, a player has lost it and it hasn't touched the ground yet. As soon as, it t- as soon as it touches the ground, then it's grounded, and then it goes. But if the ball has not touched the ground yet, the same force... Uh, sure, so they're saying a, a muff in a fumble that hasn't touched the ground yet doesn't give it a new force. If it has touched the ground, it could give it a new force. Yep. I think that's the differentiation between two and three. Good, good one. Yeah, man, five man crew, no replay. Five five person crew, no replay. That's going to be tough to uh, <laughs> to figure out if that fumble is still in flight and what the force was. Okay, yep. Article Four: Force is not a factor in a on kicks going into R's end zone, since these kicks are always a touchback, regardless of who supplied the force. Yep. So this is our conversation about a kick is a kick is a kick. Um, if it's hit the ground and then muffed by R, it's not like they're responsible. The kick is still the reason that the ball's in the end zone. So this is why it's not always not gained possession yet. Correct. R has not 
turned into a runner. Okay. Uh, B, when a backwards pass or fumble is declared dead in the end zone of the opponent of the player who passed or fumble, fumbled with no player possession. Dead in the end zone of the opponent. So that's going to be a touchdown as we just defined in uh, our previous rule here. Okay. All right. Let's go to rule 8-5 then and discuss now that we're experts on force. We can now use the force. Wow. I had to get it in there. I'm Luke. I, I've been made fun of my entire life about those movies. Luke, use the force. All right. 8-5, force, safety, and touchback. Article 1, responsibility for forcing the ball from the field of play across a goal line is attributed to the player who carries, snaps, passes, fumbles, or kicks the ball unless a new force is applied to a grounded backward pass, kick, or fumble. A, the muffing or batting of a pass, kick, or fumble in flight is not considered new force. And B, the accidental touching of a loose ball by a player who was blocked into the ball is ignored and does not constitute a new force. So basically, B is the only thing that's new from that definition, right, that we just read? Yeah, so that's that whole idea of force touching of a ball. Uh, that doesn't, imp- you know, they're not, doesn't give them new responsibility. It has to be more of a, they're trying to grab it or, or bat it away from somebody or something. Article 2 is a safety when A, a runner carries the ball from the field of play to or across his own goal line and it becomes dead there in his team's possession. Yep. So this is now, uh, we're on the two-yard line. Uh, Ball is handed to a runner. He runs up to the line. He tries to bounce off and goes back into his end zone. However, he ends up in his own end zone and is tackled there. Uh, It's a safety because he's behind his own goal line. Okay, there's an exception here. When a defensive player intercepts an opponent's forward pass, intercepts or recovers an opponent's fumble or backward pass, or an R player catches or recovers a scrimmage kick or free kick between his five-yard line and the goal line, and his original momentum carries him into the end zone where the ball remains in the end zone and is declared dead in the end zone in his team's possession, or it goes out of bounds in the end zone. The ball belongs to the team in possession at the spot where the pass or fumble was intercepted or recovered, or the kick was caught or recovered. A lot of words there. This is the back judges, uh, I guess. This is where your world now. So this whole thing is the momentum exception. Mm Mm-hmm. And basically, it's so that, again, uh, it took me a while to get this one as a young official uh, to newly get it. This happened like one of the first four games I ever did. And our Uncle Jimmy was, was uh, he's like, now, the ball's right here. You know, and I'm like, why? You know, kind of a thing. And so <laughs> anybody who knows Jimmy, I do an excellent Jimmy. So um, he, you know, and I'm like, why? He goes, well, because they're not, you know, because it's basically it's so that they're not gaming the system, right? Because if I catch the ball and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go back here, instead of being tackled at that three-yard line, he's going to go into the end zone so that it's a touchback out to the five, right? And so... Well, that that or conversely, since he had possession and runs behind his own end line, it could be a safety in this case. Yep. So it's just saying you're not getting a touchback, you're not getting a safety. Where you first possessed it between the five and the goal line, that's where... As long as you stay back behind where that occurred, stay in the uh, end zone, we're going to put it back to that spot. So mechanically speaking, if you see an interception or a you know a guy fields a, a scrimmage kick at the two and is kind of running towards the goal line to catch it, he goes into the end zone, you should have that beanbag out for a momentum spot. Yeah, and it's momentum. So again, if a, if a player catches it on the five, 
starts looking around, see what's going on, and says, oh, I'm going to run around the left side here. He runs into the end zone. That's not momentum. No. That's his own free will running in there. He gets tackled to the end zone, safety. Correct. Yeah, it's 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 uh, a part of just finishing the play where it's almost like he can't stop himself from getting in there, right? If there's hot oil in the end zone, he can't stop himself from going into it. Now, yep. the play you described is the guy can kind of cut, go left, right, forward, backwards. Uh, this is something that's just the natural action of him making the play carries him in there. Mm-hmm. All right, B. Again, we're talking about it is a safety win. B, a player who is either in the field of play or in his end zone forces a loose ball from the field of play to or across his goal line by his kick pass fumble snap or by a new force to a grounded loose ball with his muff or bat or legal kick when the penalty is declined, provided the ball becomes dead there in his team's possession, including when the ball is declared dead with no player in possession, or the ball is out of bounds when it becomes dead on or behind their goal line. This does not apply to a legal forward pass, which becomes incomplete. Yeah, so again, the way I like to think of this one is if we're talking about possibilities of A having a safety, we're talking about A is on the minus two-yard line. Their, their, their line of scrimmage is the two. Their quarterback and running backs are essentially going into the end zone behind them, right? It's at their back. These mm-hmm. are the plays if any of their forces cause the ball to become in the end zone, dead in the end zone. It's a loose ball. It hits the pylon, which is dead in the end zone. These are, it's describing all the reasons that that would become a safety. Now, in the same token, if we were now down on the other end of the field and B has their butts kind of against their own end line, they would have to like intercept a ball, um, add a new force to a grounded fumble, or whatever other reasons we covered in force there. They have to be the reason the ball ended up in their own end zone, is what this is trying to cover from both sides. They don't break it down to A and B. They're just saying, when you're the person and you're responsible for it being behind your own goal line, you, the one you defend, it's a safety. Yep. I think the big one that's been kind of it shows up a lot in the NFL lately, but it, you know, it does happen in high school is that if you're on your minus two and you're running the ball, running a sweep to the left, right? All of a sudden the ball, you get hit hard and it's fumbled. And if it's rolling somewhere around that goal line, if it goes out on the one yard line, the ball's out of the one yard line. If it rolls out, in the end zone, so it's in the end zone, rolls out the side, but on the side of the end zone, that's a safety. And Correct. so, I mean, you know, those things that just weird, again, it's one of those things that, like, you can never script it to happen ever. But, you know, you have to be aware of where the ball went out of bounds and what happens. Well, and this is one of those points in the book where I think reading the rule gets more confusing than if you saw a player, right? If you yeah. see a, a player fumble the ball, it ends up going out of his end zone, it hits the pylon, whatever it ends up being, you go, well, it's not a touchdown for B, and it's not a touchback where A's going to get the ball at the 20, right? Those two things just don't make sense here. We know it's a safety. That, mm-hmm. That's kind of the way I like to talk through these, but just reading the words gets confusing. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm winded from reading this one. <laughs> I mean, the safety is the longest, Article 2 here of 85 is the longest words without breaks that we've got in the whole rule book so Pretty far. Yep. And we've got another one. C, a player on offense commits any foul for which the penalty is accepted and enforcement is from a spot in his end zone or throws an illegal forward pass from his end zone and the penalty is declined 
in a situation which leaves him in possession at the spot of the illegal pass and with the ball having been forced into the end zone by the passing team. Yeah, so let's break this into two different things. So yep. if there's any foul by A where the flag, the penalty occurred, wherever you want to say, is in the end zone. So holding. Holding is a big one. Holding's yeah. in the yeah, in the end zone. You could have a chop block or a you know, legal low block, a whole bunch of things from running backs too. But uh, that holding occurs, and it occurred you know, in the end zone. As long as they accept the foul and not the result of the play, that foul, uh, the, the enforcement results in the safety is essentially what it's saying. You can't mm-hmm. go from the end zone and move further back in the end zone. Yep. It's just saying the ball's now in the end zone. It's your fault. You're, you're going to give a safety or two points to the other team. Uh, second part of this is saying if you do a intentional grounding, even if the other team declines it, it automatically is a safety. It's one of those times where it's like you, know, you can decline yardage fouls for anything. You can decline any penalty. This says even if they decline it, it's still a safety because that guy had a loss of down situation in there. But still, we've got a rule that states that the opponent of the team that just scored a field goal gets to decide who gets who who kicks the ball off next time. <laughs> I guess so. they have to they have to point it out somewhere that uh, you know you're not. Gonna... Got, I mean, we, we've got some rule. We, uh, clearly, we've got rules that just help everybody out, right? Like this is obvious. This is what's going to happen. But yet. On the kickoffs, we've got that. So well, I'm just surprised it didn't find its way into you know kicking rules. It's just it's put it into the scoring thing. Yeah, you know, that is could, that, that's true. Could that's have been weird. in like the next series of downs to play, or like who the ball belongs to in in rule five. But no, we find it obscurely in rule eight here. Yeah. All right. Eight five. Article three. It is a touchback when a any free kick or scrimmage kick one, which is not a scoring attempt, or which is a grounded three point field goal attempt breaks the plane of R's goal line unless R chooses a spot of first touching by K. Yeah, uh, so this is just covering, again, kicks. We went heavy into this, but any time in high school football, a field goal, a punt, or a free kick cross the opponent's goal line, uh, it's going to be a touchback. The only little exception they have is when you have a field goal that's trying to score, that is allowed to continue in play to try to get through the uprights is the only kind of exception to this. Okay. Two. So, again, any free kick or scrimmage kick. It is a touchback when any free kick or scrimmage kick two, which is a three-point field goal attempt in flight, touches a K player in R's end zone or after breaking the plane of R's goal line is unsuccessful. Yeah. Again, we talked about this in the kicks big time, but – K players, you can't just volley it like a volleyball to try to keep batting it up, bat, 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 and kick it through with your hand kind of yeah. a thing. Yep. Uh, Article 3. Again, A, it is a touchback when B, any scrimmage kick or free kick, becomes dead on or behind K's goal line with the ball in possession of K, including when the ball is declared dead with no player in possession and the new force is R's muff or bat of the kick after it has touched the ground. Scrimmage kick where you're punting out of your own end zone. Yep. You kick it, it makes it beyond the line of scrimmage, hit the ground, someone from R trying to recover it, muffs it, it goes forward from them, so it goes towards where we kicked it from, and then somehow ends up in K's end zone. It's the only way a kick play ends up back in K's end zone. So R, yeah, it, it's it's R again. New force by R. R is the one that caused it to go back into the end zone. So yeah. their muff, their, their bat, their kick of the ball that causes it to go in there. 
Yeah, and again, if you, you see this play, R's responsible for the ball entering the end zone. It wasn't anything that K was doing, nothing that from the offensive side of the ball kept it in there. Something that the R player did made the ball go in the end zone and then K possesses it there. Yeah, and so, you know, if, if, if R were to catch it on like the 30, let's say, so the minus 30 for the kicking team plus 30 for R, they're running in, they fumble the ball into the end zone, you know, so it's not a kick play anymore. So again, now we're, we've got offense and defense. They fumble it into the end zone. You know, and then the defense, who was the kicking team, recovers there. It's a touchback. It's, it's kind of the same thing, right? I yeah. mean, again, that's their force for doing it. It's just, it's just so happens again. How are you? How is this ever going to happen? You know, probably not. You know, but again, if R is the force that puts the ball back in the end zone and K recovers it, it is a uh, touchback. Yeah, and, and you can almost couple these these safety versus touchback. If it's dead in K or A's end zone, if A or K is responsible for it there, it's a safety. If B or R is responsible for being in there, it's a touchback. You go mm-hmm. to the other side of the field, if A is responsible for being in B's end zone, well, it's going to be a touchback. If A is responsible, or if B is responsible for being in B's end zone, it's a safety. So safety and touchback, uh, I guess, are, are tied kind of at the hip. The team responsible for putting in there is, I guess, who we kind of point at. Or do you get points for that, or do you get the, the ball at the 20, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Article 3, it is a touchback when C, a fumble is the force, or a muff or bat of a backwards pass or a fumble after either has touched the ground is the new force, which sends the ball to or across the opponent's goal line and provided such opponent is in team possession or the ball is out of bounds when it becomes dead on or behind its goal line. Yeah, so we, we've covered this, and we're kind of kicking it at horse now. This is the example where instead of it still being a kick play, uh, like you said, uh, R possesses it, starts running it back, and then they fumble it forward into the other team's end zone is what this yeah. is covering. I probably could have just waited till C, right, to <laughs> use my fancy example there. It's all right. Uh, Article, yeah. Article three it is a touchback when D, a forward pass, is intercepted in B's end zone and becomes dead in B's possession. Yeah, and this is, I guess, the one we'll Easy see most one. often, right? Uh, yep. Defensive team catches it in there, stays in there, they're going to get it a uh, touchback. Uh, 8-5, Article 4. The team whose goal line is involved shall put the ball in play anywhere between the hash marks on its 20-yard line by a snap after a touchback, and by a free kick after a safety. Yeah, that's kind of a, it's weird you don't think about this too often, but that almost ties, again, these two things together even better. Uh, why we pick the 20, it's just because touchbacks go to the 20, so do uh, safeties. I guess I've never tied them together like that. Before. I haven't thought of that either, but that makes sense. Okay, Luke, that's the end of uh, Rule 8. You know, all things considered, there's a lot there, but we got that through that pretty quick, so... Uh, yeah. All right. Good work. We'll uh, move on to rule nine. Appreciate you listening and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Well, you're at the game and it's Friday night and you want to make sure that the calls are right. This is high school football rules. There's a hole in a fumble and an illegal pass. Now, what do you do? Cause you're the raffle. This is high school football rules. Well, sit on down and kick right back. You're going to listen to Luke and Matt. They're talking high school football rules.
talking high school football. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at HSFR Podcast. Twitter at HSFR Podcast. Or email us at highschoolfootballrules at gmail.com. That's highschoolfootballrules at gmail.com.